With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, how's this for a big story? Some members of Congress, sitting members of Congress, are alleging that other members of Congress are A, white supremacists, and B, in on the plot to invade the Capitol and kill members of Congress. Kind of a big story, but uh, we'll let you hear from uh, the accusers and... uh, and we will ask, will this lead to anything? Could this be, I don't know, the biggest story in uh, American political history? Maybe, maybe. Also, uh, we will break down the NFL playoffs and ask, are we going to get to see Brady versus Rodgers in the NFC title game? Let's hope. Uh, we'll steal one from uh, Keith Oldman. We will name the worst person in the world today. We'll preview the uh, next impeachment hearings. They're coming next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, one member of Congress is already saying she's filing impeachment uh, uh, proceedings against President Biden, and that happens next Wednesday. We'll get to all that with our man, Mute. Mute is back on today's Callahan podcast, brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash free checking. Insured my NCUA membership required. All right, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, Mute Man is back. It's been a while. It's been a while. But Scott Mutrin is with us, former uh, Boston College quarterback, former almost Patriot quarterback, now with the uh, Boston College uh, broadcast team. And I I should start off by saying congratulations because people don't know this, but I think it's important because I think probably last time you and I talked, we were fighting the Corona bros, the people who wanted to cancel college football pro football, cancel everything. They wanted to cancel everything. I know the goal was to defeat Trump. It worked, but they really were these people peddling in panic porn that said it could never happen. If they played, people would die. Famously, 
one of the uh, one of the one of the members of Team Lockdown said that Georgia, when they opened their economy, was a experiment in human sacrifice. They they predicted many deaths, many cases. Kids would be dropping dead on the football field. It never happened. In fact, we had the numbers, I think, two weeks ago, mute as the season was ending, and it was like 40,000 uh, college football players got COVID and zero were hospitalized. Zero. But the most remarkable story, or among them, was uh, Boston College, your guys, went. you went 6-5, and five, you had a complete season, didn't play a bowl game, but whatever, you had a complete season, played every week, practiced every week, and had zero cases. Do I have that correct? Uh, they had one at the at the very beginning and one at the very end, and uh, so I think it was like one. It was like two in ninety two hundred tests. Two in ninety two hundred, and those two I assume dropped dead. Right, they're gone. Yeah. They're no longer with us. Well, yeah, correct. So that much like I mean, much like the CIA LSD experiments in the sixties. Like that's that's what they were trying to do with with playing it this season. That was the dangers of it. They wanted to, it was a, the human sacrifice test to see if they could get through Corona healthy as football. When you look back, doesn't it seem ridiculous? Because when we talked in July and August, it was, there was literally a chorus from the media. And I remember this was an issue because people were asking just fans and people on Twitter were asking, why do sports media people want to cancel sports? And the answer was simple. I, I said it many times. They want to, you know, stoke the, the the chaos and they want to hurt Trump and they want to help Biden and it, and it worked, but they literally said, we can't do this. And college football forged it ahead. They forced the big 10 to play and the big 10 kind of uh, put the pressure on the PAC 12 and everybody, the major conferences ended up playing some games. I mean, Ohio state only played seven uh, compared to 13 for Alabama, which was, I don't know. I don't even know who that helped in the big game. Obviously Alabama, dominated but it, it seems ridiculous now to look back and think that it, it, there was major there was real consideration in fact it, it was the season was essentially canceled in the big 10 until trump and others put the pressure on the on the commissioner and they ended up playing and i guess it was one big lie we heard a lot about the big lie this week from from biden babbling on about gobels right the big lie was that people were going to die the college and and I should have done this. I should have Googled this because there were there were people literally predicting college football players would die. It never happened. It was a big lie. And I'm so glad they played for two reasons. I mean, you know, to to beat those idiots. And secondly, we got a great, you know, postseason for the NFL. And there were many, many people who said we can't do it, can't happen. You know, could shouldn't even try. Too risky. And now we're looking at this uh terrific uh playoff. You know, we got we got Today's this week's divisional playoff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we might have Brady versus um, um, Aaron Rodgers next week for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And the Corona Bros, you know, lockdown team lockdown wanted didn't want that to happen. Yeah, it's it's well the the first thing commendable to Jeff Halfley and the Boston College staff for getting to play those games. A lot of teams didn't, you know go through the protocols the right way, but they, they did that. And a lot of kudos to them to have 9,000 tests with only two positives is absolutely amazing. And to get those games in was great. But I think the, the, actually the school that you, that everyone kind of needs to thank or to, to really that one that kind of set everything in motion to be played was Notre Dame 
because the Big Ten was wondering and they were asking, they were trying to get them to come along. And when the Big Ten canceled, Notre Dame goes to the ACC and says, hey, we want to play. ACC commissioners and pres- school presidents were all like, we can play. And they waited to see what the SEC and the, and the SEC, I mean, we know them, they're going to play at all costs. So when that when those two, two conferences bought in and then the Big 12 wasn't going to miss out, it all just kind of started that transition where every team was looking to play. And then once they got through those first couple weeks and you see the Big 10 schools and the Pac-12 schools are looking out like, hey, why are we missing out on this? Right. And and then it just all snowballed that way. So it was good to, for the kids, I think more than anything, to get them to go out and play and have some sort of normal sees the i mean it's what they do it was a strain they had to they have to test three times a week so that's that's a lot because you don't you just don't know day to day if you're going to have a positive (laughs) i mean you could i mean think think of this think of this mute the um some in the media are still screaming that this isn't worth it that uh i mean who was the clown that gave uh, the national title to, I, I forget his name, Colony. Can you look that? The guy, he gave the national title to UConn because three Division One teams refused to play. It was Yukon, uh, Old Dominion, New Mexico State. And this clown said, mate, wrote a whole column about how UConn is the real national champion because they did the right thing, which is comical on so many levels. First of all, they bowed out of the season because they were going to suck. They were going to get their ass oh, kicked time. as they Big always time. do. Yes. You know, and the idea that they did the right thing and Alabama did the wrong thing or you or Ohio State or BC is just so absurd. It just kind of exposes people like this for the the frauds that they are. They didn't care about kids or the the health of the players or the coaches. They just wanted to 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 uh, the ultimate goal is defeat Trump but to fan the flames of this, uh, of this panic porn and it didn't happen. And UConn didn't play. I don't even believe they said the players voted not to play. Well, Kurt, UConn, by the way, they Kurt didn't have Streeter a, was his name. Kurt Kurt Streeter. Streeter, the all time great sports columnist in America. Yeah. Well, Streeter, they're, they're really not relevant, in a conference. Relevant. They're not in a conference. So they didn't have that fallback. They're independent. And like, as you said, they, they stink and they were going to get killed. And they just with the, the limitations on people, mostly schools played only conference games. The, the the teams that played, there was only ACC only had one out of conference game. So if you didn't snap up one of those opportunities, then you didn't have a chance to play unless your conference was playing. So it's actually not exactly accurate. But See, hey, I, let's I let's can, run with that. It sounds good though. And, and, I, and I guess the players kept their scholarships and they knew they were going to get their ass kicked. They said, "Yeah, screw it, let's not play." The coach who is I, I had his numbers the other day. You know. In, in three years, he's won six games. In okay. the last two years, he's won three games. Um, it, 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 it's a disaster. They wanted to avoid the beating they were going to take, so they didn't play. And Kirk Streeter, this this clown, who does he write for again? Colin? New, York, New York Times. There, there's no New York sh- Times. A New York Times columnist, I should have known. New York Times columnist says, let's commend them. Let's give them the national title. Now, help me out. Why would that be? Because the teams that played... They didn't suffer any great uh, ca- uh, casualties. There were literally zero college football players, Division One college football players hospitalized, zero died. They were hoping. I, I realized the guy from the New York Times and you know all the ESPN people were screaming. They wanted disaster. They wanted there to be this crippling uh, uh, spike in cases that prevented teams from playing. For whatever reason, they were rooting against college football. They were rooting against the NFL. It didn't work out for them. And God knows 
It's it looks it, the idea that NF, the NFL shouldn't have tried to play is absurd. I mean, these are pros. They played 256 games in the regular season. They've played playoff games. There's been some great games. Got them all now, we, now we have a, you know a great playoff weekend ahead of us that all these Corona bros, all these guys from team lockdown didn't want to happen. And and none of them will say, gee, I was wrong. In fact, that guy, Kurt Streeter, I mean, I, 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 I think I labeled that the single stupidest column ever written. And, and believe me, that's saying something when you're talking about the New York times, but saying they shouldn't have played without really making it. Why shouldn't they have? Oh, that's just they just they're worried about everything happening, right? And everyone but it didn't. The they were wrong. But that's the best part is that you get through it. And now this weekend, by the way, in the NFL, is the best weekend of football. Right, I agree. You have those great games. You've eliminated a lot of you know maybe some of the playoff fat, as I like to say. Those teams that get in, no no names mentioned, Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> you get you get teams that come in and they're, they're they're worthy teams. They're usually very good games, and it's you know back to back days of double games and and long weekend it's just it's made for football and it's it's the best weekend of the year and it's and there's some great matchups going for for the NFL but, but they've beat they beat it let's be honest it's like they've made it i mean now there's still obviously some issues if there's something happens if one of these playoff teams start having an outbreak but, but they just they got did. all the regular season games in they did have Cleveland to Browns the Cleveland Browns had an outbreak their coach yeah, couldn't coach you know they lost a bunch of players they they went on the road to rival Pittsburgh and kicked their ass. This week the coach comes back. It's it's like with college. I mean Nick Saban got the virus. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got the virus. A bunch of people did. They took a week off. They came back. That's how we all predicted it would go, and that's how it went. And we were right. They were wrong. Let me ask you this, mute. Yep. What the, we're, this is setting up for a spectacular Final Four, in my opinion. And this is the great thing about football or about sports is if this were, you know, a movie or a, a, a play, we could just write it this way. Buffalo at Kansas City, um, Tampa at Green Bay. There's your final four. There's the four best quarterbacks in the NFL. There's great drama, great storylines, huge ratings. Who is what, what team is most likely to screw up this perfect final four? Because you got eight well, teams left. Um, the, 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 I mean, they're not all favorites, but those are the four teams most of America would like to see in the conference championships. Well, of the four that you mentioned, I think New Orleans would be the, put the biggest uh, right. on your side on that one. I think they're defensively the best team that can match up uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, maybe you could say the Rams defensively, but they just don't have the offense, I think, to get there. And with golf played with a broken thumb, I think it's going to be tough to play up in Lambeau with a, with a busted thumb. But I think New Orleans is definitely the team that you're looking at. They they got all their guys back. Michael Thomas is back. Kamara's yeah. healthy. Breeze is is I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent healthy, but he's at least in position uh, playing in the dome to to go do that. I think that that New Orleans is a really good team. New Orleans is a team you I know, but I but I'm telling you, I think I'm rooting harder, and not just because of Brady, just because of the the potential for the NFC Championship game. See Brady go into Lambeau. I'm sick of the Saints. I don't know why. I feel like. I, I, you know, against the Bears the other day it was a boring game. You had really? to, like, you had to throw slime on people to make it seem interesting. And in, uh, football, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, but, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I feel like I've seen the Saints enough. I want the the Bucks to win. I want Brady to advance. And I, I feel like Brady's on a roll, and it's Brady time. It's postseason. It's playoffs. It's pressure. But 
I'm just looking at this. As we know, the Saints won twice this year, beat the Bucks twice, and it wasn't even close. They beat them 72 to 26 this season. Yeah, and they're playing um, at home too. I, I think it's going to be tough for uh, Tampa. They they haven't played the greatest of competition lately. I mean, even with Washington, that game should have been a lot more out. You know, they let Washington kind of hang around. Heineke played a great game for them, but. I don't know if Tampa has the answers to, to New Orleans on both sides of the football. Um, you, and then, I mean, hey, you look at the Browns and how they go in, and now they're facing the Chiefs, but the Browns have an offense that can cause some issues with the Chiefs. They're not going to be able to stop them. You just hope that there's you know, three turnovers and then the Browns are able to capitalize on all of them. That could, you know, that's a possibility. That's a hometown thought for me. But I'm just saying that you look at at some of those things out there. The Chiefs are the, the only team the Chiefs can lose to are themselves. They're just too good. I, I don't see anybody being able to stop them. So yeah, I mean, they're they're ten point favorites. They're gonna they're gonna advance. But I want to go back uh, before we move on here to the Bucks and and Tampa Bay because I I want them to advance. I don't want to watch the Saints anymore. It's in New Orleans, obviously, but you always hear this cliche in um, in every sport. You know, it's hard to beat a team three times, right? Or it's hard to beat a team. You know, when you're when you're in the playoffs, it's hard to you know, a team wins the first two. It's hard to beat them three in a row. Isn't it easier to beat a team three in a row than it is to beat a team that just beat you twice? I never understood the logic. So the team that the team that's won twice. You'll hear announcers say that this week. I guarantee there'll be something, some idiot, you know, Shannon Sharp will say, or, or Phil Sims will say, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same season. I understand the lot, uh, you know, the, the, they know each other better and all that, but I think it's easier to beat a team that you've already beaten twice than it is to beat a team that's kicked your ass twice. Well, I- I think it's more of the, a cliche that's for basketball, hockey, and baseball, where you're in a, in a playoff series, where it's three games in a row. And that, that cliche is going to get thrown out there without a doubt. But more often you find is that when a team faces someone three times in a row, they tend to win. If they've won the first two times, they right. won. Last time, I think the, it was the Browns versus the Steelers um, in 2002. But if you look at the the, the charts of people and how, the, how that's gone down, more often than not, in football – if you you're usually the better team, so that's why you win the first two games, and probably why you win the third game because you're a better team. So I think that it's more along the lines of that, and I think New Orleans is 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 a better team all around than Tampa. And you're ruining you're, it's been you're such a backwards year with you know even with the Browns winning in the playoffs, no one being around. The Saints have gotten screwed the last two years in the playoffs. You oh, kind of feel like they're they're kind of do something right. They've and they've really been screwed, so they kind of deserve this and. Why wouldn't it? It's that kind and, of year. And, and we talk all about how long uh, Brady's going to play. He'll be 44 next year. Well, Breeze is 42, and he'll he's going to retire. We believe so. This is his final stand. This will be, you know, very uh, you know melodramatic. The networks will overdo it with with Breeze. The Brady in two games against New Orleans. I'm looking at this five. He's, he was picked off five times and sacked six times. He was he threw five picks in two games against this team. I mean, that used to be a season for Tom Brady. I know he's playing better. I watched an NFL Network segment when the, with, the, with their morning show, Good Morning Football, and they were arguing about who has the best roster. And I think it was like there was four of them, and they picked – two of them picked the um, the the Bucks. One guy picked the Saints. One guy picked the, the Chiefs. But because of all the big names and stars, but the – but aren't most of not most, yeah, maybe most of the big stars on Tampa are like over the hill, you know, like uh, yeah. Well, Brady Gronk and you Gronk, can even say AB's a little bit old, but Antonio Brown, well, Lashawn, yeah, but Mike Cole, Evans, Shady, 
Yeah. Shady, I mean, he hasn't really even played that much. Leonard Fournette, if he, he never really had it, I guess, a prime. But uh, you could say he's a running back. So if you're any a running back, and, four and years. Dama, and and Dama could sue. He's guy. Yeah. Behind him. I mean, they have huge names, big stars, but I'm not sure they're all in their prime. Antonio Brown is the third best receiver on the team, right? Or is he the third you know, option? Because he, you got Evans and you got Godwin. That's, t- I mean, he could, he could go wild. He could have, you know, 11 catches for 170 yards. Uh, yeah, I think so along that. He's the, he's the matchup issue. And when you look at Brady and, and his matchups versus the Saints this year, I think one thing to take into account if you kind of want your, your narrative of him to win and how he can win is that they played the Saints in the first game. You didn't have training camp. They were not exactly sharp. Um, so, and the, they played them early in the season. I think the, the Bucks have got some momentum and they've gotten a little more comfortable in who they are and how they're running their offense. It's definitely been a lot smoother in the last four to five weeks. And I think it's takes some time to integrate all those different parts. And, Brady, uh, and you had injury looks. God went to miss some time. Mike Evans been spotty. AB, you know, didn't come around until later. And I think they're just starting to kind of gel and maybe that can help them. Uh, versus them because they're, they're now kind of understand who they are as an offense. Um, I just think it's just New Orleans is just too tough on defense that they match up well versus them. And they're home, but they got no fans. I mean, they don't allow any fans in, which <clears throat> would be normally be a big advantage, but they got no fans. All right, you're picking the Saints. I'm picking the Bucks. That's what I just okay. decided. We both think the Chiefs, I'm not sure, 10 points, though. That is a big spread. It felt like the, uh, the 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 Browns put it all together last week, beat the Steelers. That was fun to watch, even though they let the Steelers back in the game. But we always forget this. The advantage goes, no matter what a team looked like on Wild Card Weekend, the advantage always goes to the team that didn't have to play, the team that got to heal up and practice and rest and play at home. So I assume um, you, you like the Chiefs, but 10 points, you like them big? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I I – I'm a Browns fan. Grew up watching the Browns, and there was nothing that we, that win versus the Steelers was uh, really was a good moment for for a lot of my relatives. I got a lot of text messages the next morning on how they had redemption. It actually felt good for once to not get beat up, but it's going to be tough to go on the road versus KC. They get bored sometimes during games. Yeah. Like you, you watch them, and they just can turn it on and off. Uh, if they're on the entire time, this game's it's a you know it's a three score game. There, there's no way the Browns can can stay with them. If the Browns are able to kind of use that running game, and they do have two very very good running backs, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah, that doesn't matter when you yeah. get down. That's a, it doesn't matter. You get down, you can't, running backs are irrelevant. You're down right. 10, 12, 14. Um, so I think we all agree the Chiefs will advance, which is fine. I like the Browns. I like watching Baker Mayfield play, but we I want to see. Chiefs Bills, Chiefs Bills, and I tell you what, mute. I was all in on the Bills and predicted them, you know, picked them to win last week. Uh, obviously against Indianapolis, I thought they would roll. Their defense sucked. It was, it was, you know, they almost blew it. Their first home game and whatever it was, 25, 24 years, they almost blew it against the Colts. And I have no faith that they're gonna, you know, shut down. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I want I want them to win. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the weasel way out and say, I'm going to take the Ravens to cover, like uh, uh, to beat. I'm going to take the Bills to win by one or two. How's that? Well, let's see. I was actually going to go even further than that. I think the Ravens win this game. Oh, you're going to ruin them. I do. Well, they're a tough team to play right now, and they're kind of hitting that uh, their stride at the right time. They're, they're a heavy team. 
Lamar Jackson is such a difference maker running the football and he can and he's he's competent enough passing it they've structured the passing game around him enough but their defense has really started to hit their stride and I think they're going to give some fits to to Buffalo I don't think the because the environment and is not going to be the same there will be some fans there uh but Buffalo's style doesn't get affected by the weather even if there's supposed to be some snow that they're that's actually better for excuse me Baltimore that's better for Baltimore right. I think right. Baltimore's a a team that that Fell and lost its way a little bit in the middle of the season, but is a is a very good team. I mean, they've won twelve games on the year. They're they're a quality team. I think they go in there and actually win that game because I think they're they're a tough team that nobody really wants to face. You think that you've taken the Ravens in the upset? I tell you what, Lamar Jackson looked so good on the ground the other day. Had that fifty whatever it was yard run. It was the best run I think I've ever seen from a quarterback. Right, made the move. That you see him running, and you know that he's playing against the best in the world, right? The be- other professional athletes, and the fact that he can just outrun other amazing athletes doesn't it kind of just scare you to see like that athletic that how much of a freak athlete he must be to have that ability to do that? It's it's to me, it's the most impressive thing to watch about him. He's playing the best of the best, and he's a step above. That's that's really impressive. And really so I, my, you and I would agree. Then the one team most likely to ruin the dream final four. And it's not a big deal, but I, I do think uh, the you know the NFL would like uh, the networks. Everyone would like Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes and the Bills. The Bills have that appeal. They're the best fans in the league. They got Bills Mafia and they got jump on tables and all that. And uh, they haven't been there in a long, long time. But I think the Ravens are the one most likely to ruin the the dream Final Four. You're picking the Ravens. I would agree. Yes, but I you know what? They're, they're going to. I, gonna, think, they're, I they're give it's there. And and do you agree the Rams have zero chance of going into Lambeau and winning? The Packers are seven point favorites. I've seen the Rams; they're they're banged up. Josh uh, Jared Goff's hurt. Whatever he's broke his thumb. He had surgery, and the backup, uh, what's his name, Wolford, Wake for hurt. And I don't know; he's good enough anyway. And and they're the biggest star, <clears throat> you know, the, the best player in the league, Aaron Donald was holding his ribs and I don't know, do they have cracked ribs or were they what on separated ribs? What do they call what do I you think have? The rib cartilage issue. Oh, right. Rib it does not look like something you could just uh you know throw some dirt on it. I assume he gets shot up, but you play the way Aaron Donald plays, you can't that that, that has to hurt. The, yeah. the Packers again, you pick the team that's had the week off. Uh that's a big advantage. They're home. They're it's cold. You know, I, I have no doubt the Packers are gonna win. So we'll have Three of the four, and it'll be a good final four. You'll still have, um, you know, QB legends. Like, uh, even if you don't have Brady, you'll have Breeze. You'll have uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and you'll have another former MVP in Lamar Jackson. So it's worked out great for the NFL. If you hate the NFL, if you hate, you know, everything about it, Roger Goodell and all, uh, too bad for you because the it is working out great for the for the for the National Football League and. We'll all be watching. I know the ratings were down from like last year. Some people are still, you know, not boycotting, but just not watching sports like they used to. I feel that way about the NBA and baseball, but I'm all in on the NFL. I feel like the NFL is different. You know, the, the, the other leagues, I have no problem, you know, ignoring if I got something else to do, especially in the NBA. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's not, it's not, it hasn't been hard to do that, but I I think you like the symmetry of that. You get the, if you get that final four, you got the young QBs with, with Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, and then you have the older QBs where you would have Brady and Aaron Rodgers playing each other. So that that, it's kind of nice for the NFL. You got to kind of bring out the, you know, let out the old, bring in the new sort of thing. It's a great, it's a great storyline for them to say. I do think the Rams have a chance to keep it close. Their defense is very, very good. And Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are probably the two best at their position in the NFL. So if they can cause a a turnover and keep it close, Green Bay's defense struggles against the running game. Um, So that's one of those teams that if with the elements, that could be a lot closer game. I do think that Green Bay is a better team and and eventually, but if they get some hits and some pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you could have a you could have a tight game there, and Green Bay hasn't really had to face a defense like LA. So I would be interested to see that game. Well, I think it could be a lot closer than people are expecting. If I, I'm, I'm taking Green Bay, and it's six. What did I say the line was on that seven, six and a half. Easily, where I'll take LA and the points. How about that? You will. I will take. Oh, good. We'll we'll make a bet. We'll make a bet. That's the first game on uh, on Saturday. I like uh, the Packers minus six and a half, and then it sets up. An NFC title game of uh, either Breeze or Brady going to Green Bay. It'll be like 10 below. Right. It'll be great. Can I buy the hook? Can I buy that half point from you like like the Vigs do? Or, or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can do that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the I loser. Get, I get the hook, pay fifty bucks. I'm gonna the be the hook. corny loser to say that uh, the upset with the Browns. I say that the Browns take it. You got du- Juju talk shit last week. Now it's uh, Sammy Watson Watkins talk shit this week. Upset. That's my call. That would be such a big upset. That's that would be that would be USA over Russia yeah. sort of thing. That, that, that <laughs> would be the, the the city of Cleveland would probably burn down. But if, if they that, continued, if they bad. continued to roll up the score against Pittsburgh, maybe I could agree. But they they, I mean, Roethlisberger threw four picks and still made a game of it. I mean, it was in that. Well, I think that was more along defensive strategy, and I give the Browns credit for this. Mm-hmm. Like I know what you're saying is that it, it looked a lot closer, but what they did do, and the reason that. They they gave up those yards and just said they gave up that one drive where they scored in a minute and a half and they're like all right you know what we have a huge lead they're gonna have to come get us so they ran the ball on offense and they played soft defense and let Pittsburgh rack up those yards and even though they probably knew they couldn't stop them they wanted them to take some time to score because eventually time was on wasn't on their side so I don't mind that strategy a lot it's better than going out there and if they start slinging it around and Baker throws a couple interceptions or they start throwing some blitzes and Roethlisberger hits some home run balls then you, that lead can can shrink quickly. I think they they did the smart thing and just said, "You're going to score. Fine, we're just going to make you take a lot of time doing All it." Right. Well, those those, those are our, that's our NFL breakdown. Those are NFL pick, picks. Hang on, hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. As we all know, uniformed professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities. You are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, 
Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month, GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. Not much else going on in the world. Um, mute yesterday. All we did was impeach a president for the second time in 11 months. Um, that was uh, a little bit of theater. Although... It was so quick and just so redundant. Um, I, as I, do you realize this was the um, second time in 11 months we've uh, um, impeached the president? We did it twice in 240 years, and we did it twice in 11 months. <laughs> and uh, I would say this, I would say the standard, the bar has uh, been lowered for uh, for impeachment. It is. I don't think I think history will look back on this and, and they won't it won't be a, neg, a bad a negative reflection necessarily on Trump. I mean, it doesn't make him look good. He, he as everyone said, the whole thing with the uh, the speech on the six was stupid. He didn't incite uh, a riot. This I've seen the legal standard for excitement. He didn't incite a riot, but they were looking for something to do to kick him in the head before he went out the door. They found it. They know they're not going to convict him. They know it is just symbolic. Hell, my congresswoman, who we'll get to, Ayanna Presley, tweeted out immediately, ah, two impeachments in, in history. You, know, you can't change that or something. They were gloating the minute they passed, you know, this, the, uh, the impeachment passed. The, the minute, you know, Eric Swalwell while he you know, took a break from you know, banging on Chinese spy and made the case that uh, you know, Trump's not fit for office. The minute that passed, they were all gloating. It's, it, it's almost like a juvenile you know, uh, uh, feud, a fight, and they just want to gloat. They just want uh, bragging rights to say they impeach, impeached him twice. It really has no great significance in the long run. And I think everyone will remember it as, as totally political, personal, and petty. That's what I think. Well, it's just being weaponized like other right. things before. You can say in 16, you can say that the, the Republicans did the same thing when they were trying to get the Supreme Court justice thing done, that they play politics. They're just weaponizing the, the, the abilities that they have to, to just try to, uh, to, to get their point across. And, and for, for me, you can kind of see through the theater. I think it's gotten to the point where a lot of people that are in the middle stage where they don't really, they don't really side with with either side. They just kind of want to get life back to normal are seeing through kind of all the theatrics of this. And they're not really falling and taking the bait for for the reasoning for for these things being done. And they just kind of want to start moving forward. And and I, I think that's the majority of the people that are out there, to tell you the truth. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. I feel like it's it's very divided right now, which is fine with me. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge for Biden on Wednesday to stand up read the speech someone wrote for him, which is always going to be a challenge. I mean, every day he's going to, it's going to get worse. He will deteriorate and he will struggle, but he's going to stand up there Wednesday and say, make a speech with the theme of unity. And we're all in this together. And let's put the uh, bitter partisanship behind us and work together. Good luck with that uh, big guy, because your side just went all in on this petty, vindictive, vengeful, 
um, uh, impeachment, which, you know, he, he, he was done. I mean, he's got six days left. He wasn't doing anything. He was ready to go. He'd already agreed to, to the peaceful transition. He wasn't going to barricade himself in the office. He, you know, the, the, the goons that, that, uh, stormed the, the Capitol made him look really bad. So you got your wish. He leaves in disgrace. There's no question about that. His famous final scene was a really bad one, making that speech. And then, I mean, we're going to find out more, and it's not going to be the motivation for that riot we're learning now wasn't really <laughs> Trump's speech. I mean, I never thought it was, but CNN was reporting, and it must have killed in the report this last night, that uh, the FBI believes that uh, this was pre-planned. It was planned before the morning, before the Trump speech. And, by the way, they were already at the Capitol while Trump was still talking. Trump's speech was going on, and these goons were already at the Capitol ready to storm. And and we heard from a number of Democrat congressmen, including, again, my insane congressman, Ayanna Presley, that they believe they had inside help. They Here's how crazy it's gotten mute. Well, isn't there a couple of Capitol Police that are under investigation? They're, a bit suspended. Like, They're under investigation. Yeah. So, so we're going to find out. I, I predict that Trump's speech had nothing to do with it. By the way, he didn't tell them to storm. He said, go in peace. He said just the opposite. There's no evidence. If they ever really held a trial for this impeachment, it would be a joke because he didn't incite them. But he did a lot of other dumb things. He said he won by landslide and he put the pressure on Mike Pence, which I think was stupid and unfair and cruel. Right. And then he didn't uh, you know, call Mike Pence yeah. right away. It was not Trump's finest moment. We all agree. But all these Democrat and, and and by the way, no one pressures them. No one asks for for explanation. My congresswoman yesterday, her chief of staff said that the panic button in her office was dismantled, was removed before the siege. Another congresswoman said that people on the January fifth were touring the place, doing recon on, and they were planning to storm the place on the sixth. You know, and while Trump was speaking. And they were doing a reconnaissance mission the day before. These are Congress people. AOC said they had help. The Capitol Police had help. Now, my question would be, from which side? Because they're blaming the Republicans. But if you ask me, the whole thing worked out much better for the Democrats. I mean, they they just, they they looked better. They looked like they were under siege. They could blame Trump. They impeached Trump. So in the end, it worked out much better if you think it through for the Democrats. So maybe, maybe they were working with the Capitol Police, but someone is gonna un—I don't know when—but they're gonna just kind of this whole thing's gonna unfold. Well, that happens. You'll never, you'll never see the—you'll never see that those facts come out. Those will just be conveniently pushed under the rug. I, I think that you won't see that. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Well, there's all the different things that happen too. I mean, even with the the Russian collusion and you know four years ago and all that, those things. Once the information starts to come out, and then it's just not quite as sexy as it was before. It just gets swept under the rug. The thing I'm most excited about for you know Biden's speech is to actually hear what the plan is, because with the lack of campaigning and the lack, you've just heard that the changes and we're going to move some certain things and maybe raise some taxes and we're going to increase infrastructure. I just want to see a concrete plan. Well, it ain't, it ain't gonna be going on because no one said anything. It's just a lot of hopes, dreams, and visions, and 
to me, I think that's the worst thing about it is when you lost those debates, you didn't get to hear specific plans. Policy wasn't pushed. It wasn't talked. Nobody knows. So I do. I do. What do you, what do you need to know? He's going to open the borders. Uh, first of all, he's going to empower big tech. So if you think it's bad now, it is. They're not going to. It is. I mean, the the far left wants to break up big big tech. I think. no, No, they might say it. They don't want it. It's, I mean, they love it. Are you kidding me? Uh, the, the, some of the stuff we hear, and I realize it's not from really bright people. Like AOC yesterday, she wants a commission to rein in the media, not obviously the media that slobbers over her. They are going to talk about weaponize. They're going to weaponize big tech to destroy their enemies. If you needed any more evidence, I mean, these there are people who are losing their jobs. And we talked about this recording artist, Ariel Pink, and we talked about the mother whose daughter ratted her out. There are people losing their jobs for going to the rally, not the Capitol. I mean, they went to the ellipse and they didn't, they heard Trump and they, they support Trump. And they may have said, you know, the, the, there was election interference or I mean, election fraud, they're losing their jobs. This is going to get nasty. It is getting nasty. Last night we learned that, our friend Kurt Schilling, his insurance company canceled his insurance, AIG, because they didn't like what he was saying <clears throat> on social media. So he wasn't even at the rally. He, you know, probably he was there in spirit and he's all in on election fraud. But so what? That used to be, you know, per- protected speech. That used to be. Well, you we've know, already been talking about election fraud for how long now? Over four years. And now. Right. Now- right. Change you're not allowed to talk about it. That's the precedent is is kind of scary. That that that's the thing when you're able to just shut down people because they dis- disagree with you and then kind of cloud it over the gray area of well it's not correct information. Well, that's what happens when you have social media. It's not verified journalists. People don't have to do any facts. They just ready fire aim. They don't even look anymore. They just throw it out there and wait for the reaction and to see what happens. And there's no there's no standard that needs to be set. And that's that's to be expected when you have an open platform for that. So I guess you just think that part of the biggest thing with free speech is that you have to be willing to hear what the opposite person says of you. And no matter how much you hate it, you still have to be able to hear it because they're entitled to that. So that's, that's the thing that's, that's you worry about. Cause once you start shutting that down, then that's when you start come. That's when the insurrection starts. Well, and, and it's, I think these 75 million um, who voted for Trump, they were certainly frustrated on November 4th and they've been frustrated ever since, but it's going to get worse. I mean, it is a, the, the, they're going to get shut down in, in many ways. You're not allowed to speak. It feels very un-American in this regard. When you shut down, you know, people's Twitter accounts, when you shut down the entire parlor app, just say, we don't like what they have to say, shut them down. That is 100% anti-american that is un-american anyone who's for that anyone who's for you know destroying people because they disagree with them taking away their insurance right. taking away their right to uh you know email uh you know, paypal venmo uber they're they're the the big tech crackdown has only just begun and they know their side won, and they know they're empowered i know i know jack jack dorsey uh, tweeted a few things his side of things and he said you know he wasn't celebrating taking Trump down, but it was necessary to take him off Twitter and not just take him off Twitter, take him off everything. They took him off YouTube yesterday. So Trump, when he makes a statement, well, like he did yesterday, has to go through a third party because big tech has decided you can't hear from him. And we saw what they did during the election. Well, don't you think the, the irony of it is that they're taking him off now? 
but they're the ones that really propelled him to win the, the election in 2016 because they gave him so much free airtime and such a free stage to get his message across. They used him to, to get all that across, to get the hits and to get their sites up and running. And now all of a sudden when it, he's out and it doesn't suit them, they're like, all right. And, and, and they, I say that about it. For the lot greater of, good. For the greater good. About lots of things. I mean, you, you can't say you're for free speech, but you applaud what big tech is doing. You can't say you believe in you know, freedom of assembly, freedom of uh, everything, religion, and, and applaud what big tech's doing. They're shutting down their opposition, and I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. We mentioned Schilling losing his insurance, the mother who was ratted out by her kid, people losing their jobs, not for, not for going in the Capitol and committing a crime, but just for showing up That's and listening to what the president has to say. And I, and I point out a double standard in this regard. Like you can say, you know, like Schilling will, this election was stolen. Or you could say, you know, there was fraud in Georgia and there was dead people. That will, sh- they'll shut that down. And then I listen all day yesterday to Congress people again saying that this was an inside job. Or my, and I give the example of, you know, my unhinged Congresswoman, Ayanna Presley. A couple of days ago, she said there were white supremacists in Congress. Nobody follows it up. Nobody says, can you name names? The Globe, obviously, Boston Globe just carries her water. They're her PR firm. Yesterday, her chief of staff says they destroyed the panic button in our office, so we couldn't call for help. Everyone just says, wow, they destroyed the... I would say, can you show me? Prove it. Who do you think did this? There is a real scandal here, and much of the media has no interest because it made their guys look good and made the uh, the evil orange man look bad, they don't have any interest in getting to the bottom of it. If there really is people on the Capitol Police working with the the insurrectionists, you know, working with the people, the the the, the goons that uh, that that trespassed and vandalized the Capitol, that's kind of a big story. That's kind of like the biggest story in years. So there's inside people on the inside allowing them to come in and they say, Ayanna Presley says, AOC says they were intention. Their intention was to kill Congress people. They, they were going to kill, as AOC said, half the house. That's 217 people. If that's true. And it's not, of course, because she's a dummy and just speaks out of her rear end. If that's true, that's the biggest story in the history of, you know, the United States that they were going to kill half the Congress. It didn't happen. It was never going to happen. They didn't even really, as far as I could tell, have weapons. I mean, has there been one guy who who um, is the one example of anyone who trespassed uh, at the I Capitol with like a gun? He had some sort of weapon. And the, the one guy that... Uh, I mean, they, they allegedly killed yeah. uh, Brian Sicknick, the cop, with a fire extinguisher, although that's sketchy. We don't know the details of that, but uh, I'd love to know. I wish we could hold both sides the same standard you gotta you're not allowed to just lie i mean jerry have you seen the um have you seen out of the shadows on youtube i have not what's that i would i would highly recommend watching it it's a good perspective it talks about um big media and and how it how it has affected our country over the last 50 years it's a uh, it's an interesting piece put together uh with some it, there are some ho- former hollywood people and other thoughts but how it has affected uh politics and everything else i mean it's it's definitely right up your alley uh, i think it's something you should check out 
And uh, is it going to drive me crazier than I've already gotten with this? Um, well, maybe it'll give you some confirmation bias on some of your thoughts. Right. And then maybe it'll also anger you that it's allowed to happen. But it, it's definitely an interesting point of view. I tend to look at things through a different lens. I try to find some compromise. I'm a compromising guy. Yeah, um, and not I think me. that everything's not as dramatic as it is. So I try to watch both sides. And But this is an interesting an interesting show. It's about an hour and change, but it's it's definitely worth your time. And I think it's something you should check out. I will I will write that down and tell you a couple things that I, I can't watch because it'll drive, it'll drive me insane. But, you know, I see them on Twitter. I see them on yeah. social media and on other TV shows. But uh, Jake Tapper, I always, you know, we often talk about when people on CNN, they're some of the worst people in the world. And God knows Fredo Como is just scum. But there is nobody, nobody worse than Jake Tapper. The ultimate phony, the ultimate fraud, a st- absolute piece of garbage. Used to, you know, work for a, his job. He worked for a congressperson. He worked for a gun control organization. He's a devout lefty liberal uh, and, and pretends to be a newsman. And he often uses the military he has no respect he hates hates the military but pretends he likes the military respects them he uses them he wrote a book about some uh, that they made into a lousy movie but uh, yesterday and this got a lot of mileage and and i want you to hear how matter-of-factly jake tapper questions the patriotism of uh a veteran brian mast who lost both legs in combat can we play jake tapper Colonel? The reams of evidence that we have. There's one other thing I want to share. But just one other thing. Just yep. that's relevant. What you're saying right now is relevant because Congressman Brian Mast, mm-hmm. a Republican from Florida, who lost his legs, by the way, fighting for democracy abroad. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know what is, I don't know how, about his commitment to it here in the United States. He said, "Did anybody say that?" Yes. Yeah, we heard him. Yeah. The answer is yes. Okay, he questions the patriotism or the uh, willing his willingness to fight for democracy um, because. He's disagrees with them politically. You know, he, he, he questioned, obviously, like lots of Republicans, the election process in various states, which lots of people do. By the way, they did it more four years ago. There were more challenges to the electoral results in 2016 by Democrats than there were by Republicans in 2020. All he did was question the results, and we know why. We know there were election laws changed. We know all the the controversy around mail-in balloting. So this guy who has lost both legs, he disagrees with him and he questions his commitment to, uh, to, to democracy. What an a-hole, what an absolute piece of garbage he is. But you know, that's the way it was revealing. That's with, with everything that's out there and, and everything that's going on with the elections, the thoughts, the impeachments. Are, are you really surprised that it's, that it's this, you know, intense and this, this negative towards that? That's, that's what they've been. I, I do think it, it is. Years. Well, I do think someone like him, A, he pretends to be a newsman, and B, he pretends to be, to not want to uh, stoke the flames and to, you know, to turn down the temperature, but he's just the opposite. They are in their glory. How does that turn down the temperature? How does that turn down the temperature? All that does is just, all it does is just incite his side to just get more behind there, that they're the right way. And then it just pisses off the other side, which is to just makes them fight back and say that, that he's just, He's not fighting. He, he hates America and he hates, he hates this a veteran that lost both of his legs. That, that, that does nothing but incite. It does, it's not providing any news. It's providing opinion and thoughts. Well, two, two other guys, um, one on CNN, Don Lemon, see if you can get that, Cullinane. And the other one, 
Eric Swalwell. I, I, you know what? I would have a tough time today if you told me to name the worst person. This used to be a Keith Oldman feature, the worst person in the, who's the worst person in the world. And it's tough these days. I would, I would definitely give it to Jake Tapper today, but it's not easy because Eric Swalwell, who a few weeks ago was caught sleeping with a Chinese spy, was one of the impeachment managers uh, for Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, he went all in. He compared Trump, and this is just is beyond offensive, compared Trump to Osama bin Laden, <laughs> uh, what Trump did to what bin Laden did. And, and I mean, honestly, we've talked a lot about people comparing other people, usually Trump, to, to Hitler, to Nazis, and how insane that is, and talked about you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and others comparing the, the siege on the Capitol to Kristallnacht, and how bizarre, how just idiotic and stupid that is. But if you're Eric Swalwell, you're a congressman, doesn't something get triggered, go, go off in your brain that said, maybe this is a little over the top, maybe comparing a sitting president to the worst terrorist in, you know, in history might be a little much? No, not at this point. I mean, why <laughs> shoot for the stars? If you're going to do this, let's go all the way. Why have yeah, I know. I mean, if you could, if you could call someone Hitler, why not? Week of presidency. Why the hell not? Let's go all the way. Let's just get after it and just call him Osama bin Laden. We've already done the Hitler thing. We played that thing out. We haven't used the bin Laden line. Let's go for it. Can, we, can we hear from Swalwell? And I want to hear. Well, Osama bin Laden did not enter U.S. soil on September 11, but it was widely acknowledged that he was responsible for inspiring the attack on our country. And the president, with his words, using the words, fight with the speakers that he assembled that day who called for trial by combat and said we have to take names and kick ass. Uh, that is hate speech that inspired and radicalized people to storm the Capitol. And when you read the indictment... That is sick. That is sick. We're all a bunch so, of mindless drones, huh? We the president literally said go in peace. He said be patriotic, be peaceful. And by the way, every single politician who's ever given a speech tells his people to fight i mean that's that's what they do and i mean i know i've seen it because i i watch certain channels but the number of democrats who inspired the riots this summer encouraged the riots this summer including including kamala harris aoc ayanna presley they encouraged supported you know outwardly explicitly supported the people who were burning federal courthouses and burning uh, businesses and destroying homes and murdering cops. And what did Ayanna Presley say? We need unrest in the street. What did uh, Kamala Harris said? This isn't going to stop, nor should it. And then she donated to bail them out. I would call that incitement. If you want to talk about incitement, that would be incitement. But I guess no, that's they, just, ins just they inspired the right protest. rioters. It's not these, a, a riot. the wrong rioters. Yeah. It's a protest, though. That's oh, why. I'm sorry. There's the difference. You got to establish the difference. There's a there's riots and protests. That was a peaceful protest that just happened. Uh, violence happened to break out. This was a riot where you know violence was out there from the beginning. That was the intention to do that. So there's a difference. That's how you find it. All right, I'm going to get to. Uh, let me get to one of my favorite uh, sound bites of the day. One of my favorite. I'm going to say Congress people because I don't even know her, but. Uh, I joked the other day about on Wednesday, January 20th, is when we start the uh, Biden impeachment trial. <laughs> um, I was joking. I didn't really think it was going to happen. 
Did you really think it's a weapon now? We're going to impeach everybody. They got January. He's a big GCP fan. Yeah, right. We're going to get to that. Let me do Shay here, and then we'll tell you about how it's not a joke. It's going to happen next Wednesday. Can't wait. All right, this is uh, for you homeowners and home builders. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Well, they do. You should know this by now. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete, or you can customize with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. You pick. All you got to do is go to the place or go on the website and you pick. They will do the rest. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. That's it. That's all you got to do. You can sit inside and watch them, but they will do all the work. And when they're done, your house will look better. Your house will be worth more. This isn't an expense. It's an investment. That's what it is. An investment in your home. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com or just stop by one of their four beautiful state-of-the-art facilities around New England and pick out your new front steps. All right. I don't know when it was. It was it was a while ago. I said, can't wait. January 20th, we get to start impeach, impeaching Biden. I mean, you can make something up. This is based they've, they've impeached um, uh, Trump twice on things that don't rise to high crimes or misdemeanors, knowing both times he wasn't going to get convicted in the Senate anyway. Hell, in this case, there won't even be a vote in the Senate. It'll just go away. It was largely symbolic both times. So it doesn't really have to be, you know, a real high crime or misdemeanor. It's all political. As you point out, it's all been weaponized. Well, I was joking. I didn't think it would actually happen. Now, uh, new Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I realize she's a little bit, uh, little bit controversial she's i think she a has controversial. Uh, a little yeah, controversial yes come out with this right away that, that's not gonna stoke a fire not um, one but you know what? my congresswoman ayanna presley said there are white supremacists in the congress and she accused someone of ripping out the panic button in her office in hopes of you know not being able to call for help and maybe you know kill everybody Have so we got to the point though jerry where none of us believe anything anymore like before, like you, when you watch the news growing up, you believed everything because you felt there yeah. was biased opinion. Now I feel that everyone is skeptical until they they hear it and they don't believe it, and then they'll find their their point, and then they just take it to the extreme in one way or another. Uh, but well, I feel, I like feel like believes anything that anybody says anymore. I feel like there's more fertile ground for um for conspiracy theories than ever and i i hate conspiracy i hate alex jones and you know all the uh you know the sandy hook stuff or but when you think about this there are a, a number there's a whole bunch of congress people there's a uh, there's a montage if you want to find it uh culminated by uh tom elliott the grabian guy of all these congress people saying th- there was an inside job they had help that's a conspiracy and a wild one that somebody yeah, in Capitol police, they, it's like you see in a movie. It's like, it's like a die hard when the cops are all in the back of the van and the Great cop, the cop turns and slices the throat of the other cop because he's in on it. I mean, oh, yeah. that you was telling me you did one of your favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. Right? It's great. Die hard. So you're telling me the police, the police are in on it on, and they believe the police were in on a plot that was ultimately going to lead to the murder of many, many Congress people and maybe the vice president. That is some crazy ass stuff. 
Yeah, that is crazy. To. But but mute. That's what these Congress people, including mine and AOC, prominent Congress people. That's what they believe. So I, I mean, read that you don't believe this was a spontaneous riot that just sort of ran amok. You think that what they had inside help? I do believe there was some inside uh, assistance. Yes, somebody on the inside of those buildings were uh, complicit in this. There is no doubt in my mind that there were people inside the Capitol, inside law enforcement, perhaps even other members of the other side that may have been involved in this. There was a sense that something was wrong. And obviously with the violence, but there was a sense that something was wrong from the inside. And so I do think we owe it to the American people to understand, you know, whether members of our own houses uh, were working with these protesters. I also intend to see that those members of Congress who embedded him, those members of Congress who had groups coming through the Capitol that I saw on January 5th, a reconnaissance for the next day, those members of Congress that incited the silent crowd. Clearly, there was either information shared about how to get to those locations or there was some inside help, and that's my belief. They were not that is amazing. And and again, they weren't saying they were going to let them in so they could just shout and scream and, and chant, stop the steal, that like, you know, like the protesters did when they stormed the Capitol to protest against Kavanaugh. They were saying they were going there to kill Congress people. I'm sorry, but any media person who tries to play this down and just, you know, get on to celebrating the their 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 guy got elected and we're moving on and you know this is a huge story. It's the biggest story since I don't know, since nine eleven. If it's if it's if it's based in truth at all, if yeah. there are any facts to back this up at all, it's like every uh, single John media Green. outlet has to de- de- assign as many people as they can to this and try to get to the bottom of this. Well, the journalists were too busy yesterday calling every corporation in America and seeing right. donate to Ted Cruz. You know, what I mean? like, that was their priority. Yeah. Today. Exactly, saying, and, uh, aren't you going to cancel Kurt Schilling's insurance? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I'll put these people on a no-fly list. If you went to the protest or to the speech, didn't go to the Capitol, went to the speech, they want you to be unable to fly on a plane. It's madness. And at the same time, they're saying, yeah, members of Congress. They just said members of Congress are in on this. It's like a book. It's like a Jack Ryan. They, they, they I should was going to say that. Jack Ryan to tell you on Amazon, they owe us for this. Maybe they're just starting to do that to tell you the truth. But the, the, the follow-up, this is where it's going to get interesting, that if they do follow it up and it does get to a point where it gets to trials, is everyone really ready to hear what what's really going on or or is it just going to kind of be under the wraps that no one really wants to talk about it cuz it's fun now to get headlines that there was an inside job but once you kind of get into the details and find out a lot of the stuff does it open up a lot of secrets that people don't want out that's a and good point yes, yes. right cuz yes, that's that, and I, I, you know what that brings us but i don't think it works in the end there will be no trials that you will see like this or there'll be the you know the patsy that comes out that'll that'll be thrown out that they'll have. But I think a lot of the other stuff's going to be swept under the rug. It's a good point because um, it, it brings us to the utter you know corruption of the mainstream media because most of them, uh, obviously CNN, MSNBC, but I would say most of the Washington Post, New York Times, if they heard from a reliable source that indeed, whatever, a member of Congress is in on it and the plot was to kill, they would not want to report it. They would not want to make it uh, to 
a big deal because they what they want most of all is a smooth transition to their guy and their girl. They want Biden and Kamala Harris to have a have a a, a celebrate. They want the spotlight on them, their hero, the guy who knocked off Trump. They wouldn't like this in the old days. I said this before when I was you know writing columns. I wanted the big story. I wanted I rooted right. for the story. That's all. Well, I they- wanted chaos. I wanted drama so i could write about it and people would read it that was my thought process if this is true and even if it's not by the way if it's not then you press aoc and clyburn and and ayana you say why do you think somebody is in on it ayana takes it in a step further by the way she thinks members of congress are white supremacists and they're in on this plot to kill members of congress that's kind of a big story. And, you know, the Boston Globe will never press her on it because they know or they believe it's not true. They realize she's making it up and they don't want to look bad. Their job, if you work at the Boston Globe, your job is to wake up each day and do your best to help Ayanna Presley get through the day, help her look good. Well, Jerry, you mentioned a really good point and how the transition from this. And, and media today is now being first and getting clicks and getting views. It's not about being accurate. It's not about following up. Like when you would do a story, you would hear, hey, this is this is something that's going on in the Capitol. You would go to those those individual Congress people. You would go to some of the Capitol police. You would research it. You would get the information. You would have all your facts. You would double check your facts. And then you'd come out so that when somebody read it, and they got it. They would understand that what it was well researched, it was well, you know, thought through, and it was well verified. And there's that just doesn't exist anymore. See, I think it doesn't happen. There's no, there's, and when when you do get those, there are great articles to read, but they're so few and far between that it's just it's disappointing because everyone just wants to be first to market. Because if you're not first, then you're then you're last. And then I, you, I think you're missing. I, I agree. Being first and and it's it, people are trying to get to Twitter and get there first, but they're also trying to help their side. That's the goal. I mean. Yeah. I say it every day, but it, it couldn't be more true. And I'll, I'll ask anybody. I know we have lots of uh, people listening, hate listening, who listen to me and disagree with me. I would ask them if they understand what Ayanna Presley, AOC, Clyburn, and, and Swalwell, what they're alleging. What they're alleging is something that would, again, be the biggest story since 9-11, one of the biggest stories in American history. A member, members of Congress worked with outside agitators to uh, breach the, the Capitol, come in there, and according to AOC, kill Congress people. According to others, kill Pence. That's, that's true. It's a great story. I mean, not, you it's not a great guy. story. It's the biggest story. Hell, it's bigger than 9-11 because 9-11, we knew there was a threat from foreign you know, uh, Islamic terror, and we knew that was going to – we didn't think it would be that big and that devastating. Yeah, we knew – Assassination. That you'd yeah, probably- yeah, some, yeah I mean, something like that. Then if it's true and real, and again, it failed, they didn't – they killed a Capitol policeman, we believe. They didn't kill a congressperson, but if they just tried, I'm sorry. That's kind of a big deal, and yet we won't – And how easy it was to get in there, and how easy it was to just – I know. Everything uh, would happen. I say this every day and I still want an answer. Why did they, why didn't they shut the frigging door and lock it? I know that's a real complicated question, but because someone opened it and kept it open. Like they held it open for now and they let them in. Come on. Why don't you just come in? Who cares? I guess there is some truth. It's not just someone at a shot at a shot at a whole foods. Just let them all in. 
right. Uh, in Whole Foods, they don't let you in. They make you put your mask on, you know, they check you and they make sure there aren't too many people in the store. In right. this place, they open the door and let them in, which I guess means I'm like Ayana and AOC and Swalwell aren't totally uh, wrong. wrong. Yeah. Somebody let them in now. Maybe. Up. Shut the door. Maybe but was it, it wasn't like that with the swimmer. Wasn't one of the charges that they unlawfully entered Capitol grounds. It's like, well, yes. why aren't you know? And why isn't every single person being charged that entered Capitol grounds? It's a good oh. question. We mentioned uh, the swimmer's Cleet Keller, Olympic gold medalist, thirty-eight-year-old guy who was at the speech, Trump's speech, went to the Capitol, and now some people, I'm not sure who it was want to take his gold medals away. That's and we've reached a point. That seems where, logical. <laughs> no, it's it's yep. madness. They're taking away people's life insurance. They're taking away people's right to, you know, use Uber or fly on a plane. And now they want to take a guy's gold medals away. But I asked this yesterday, Colin, it's a good question. Like what do you, if they open the door and you walked in and you took a selfie with the cop and you just hung out and didn't break anything or steal anything, what do they charge you with? Well, unlawful entry and poor. Well, how can it be unlawful if a cop held the door? Terrible, terrible picture setting, too, by the way, because that one's going to come back to bite you. But <laughs> they should have they should have just only did disorderly conduct. You can it's open ended to some capacity. Yeah, but if, what if you didn't yeah. do anything? What if you just stood there and just you know didn't break anything or didn't yell at any cops? Or I mean, I guess they'd say trespassing. But if my defense, if I were charged with trespassing, would be the cop held the door for me. Wouldn't that be a sign that I was being let in, allowed in? Yeah, then it just becomes a he said, she said thing. And, no, uh, there's video. video. There's video of the cop. Hold on. Law and order would handle this issue. I mean, uh, this I mean we don't need law and order. It's going to go on for a long time. All these people are being charged. Some will be overcharged. And I don't know what you know the backlash will be. People will be rooting for them to get you know life. And I'm rooting for the guy who threw the fire extinguishers. We think that's uh, Brian Sisnick, he should get life, if not death. I don't care how long Viking man goes to prison. I don't care how long the guy who you know, went in uh, Pelosi's office and put his feet up. He could get 10 years for all I care. But I want to know what happens to someone who just walked in and stood there and did nothing. I mean, other than taking away his livelihood and his insurance and his and his uh, you know social media. All that, right? So you 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 want you want the guy to get life you want the guy to die, the one that uh put to death the one that threw the fire extinguisher yes 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 well they just had a federal execution yesterday right first true and um i was waiting to see if my congressperson and others were going to get upset the squad because they were upset when they executed a guy uh, a few weeks ago but i guess this woman was white first woman to get executed in how long Uh, 70 years 1963 is that right 50 years, something like that. But uh, all she did was cut the baby out of a woman who was eight months pregnant, kill the woman, take the baby. Um, and the anti-death penalty people were upset, but they weren't that upset because she, uh, she's white. And uh, I didn't hear a whole lot about it. Did you? 1953, 1953. 70 years. Yeah. 70 years since we've executed yeah, a woman. This one was egregious. Uh, I would say so, yes. <laughs> kind of hard to argue on some of these ones. I mean, I've always kind of been the, the person that said if um, you happen to make it to to death row, uh, there tends to be a good reason why you exactly. know people are there. <laughs> I, I don't think you see um, a lot of choir choir boys or, or or girls on that on that 
platform. But I do think that, uh, you know, some have been wrongfully committed, as we've seen the movies about. But more often than not, you're not exactly with upstairs. Well, if someone is wrongfully executed, I think they would be the most famous martyr in American history. So there aren't many of those. But uh, uh, I don't think this woman, I don't think there's a lot of sympathy for this woman. And you're right. When you read the story, you got to get to like the 12th paragraph before you find out what they did. And what this woman did is pretty sick, just like what most people on death row, what they did, right? Pretty sick. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, leave that for another day. Mute man. It's good to see you again. See you too. I know Thank you're not you. back at work because I go through the financial district all the time on my jogging and running and walking. And it is a ghost town. I know you're not back in the, I mean, it's no, no place is worse, harder hit than the financial district because all the bars and restaurants and stores, they're not only closed out or limited to whatever, 25% capacity and they have curfews, but all their customers don't come in the city to work anymore. So all those they're all were packed on Friday at five o'clock are just dead or gone. They're gone. Bad. It's sad seeing some of that stuff. It's uh, people can't get out of the city fast enough. And um, you know, you're, I think you're going to see a critical mass where, Eventually, this is uh, how this plays out. When you just talk about whether it's stimulus package and people getting money, the, with the people leaving the cities, these these big metropolitan cities are really struggling, and they're going to struggle in the in the future to to open up because when they do open up, there's going to be nothing to open up, and I think right. that's going to start causing an issue. And that trickle down is going to be something to keep an eye on. Have well, you been, yeah, if you, Cuomo has finally realized that, so that's what. Yeah. The, well, that's because it's yeah. it, it fits now. Yes, it fit well because he's trying to take off. They've already. Uh, They've already held him to the, his feet to the fire on the uh, nursing home issue. Then the virus where he's throwing out, uh, excuse me, the he's throwing out the vaccinations because they're not being given properly because the regulations are there. So now he has to be able to throw that out there just so he can get people, you know, the, people off the, the smoke from what's coming in the other directions. Yeah, it, it, that is maddening. I'm listening to that a-hole say it's time to open up and you're going, wait. My biggest issue with this is like, okay, you, you say whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is the vaccination program has been in place for a while where they not the vaccine themselves, but you knew that there was a vaccine coming. So during all this time that everything is going on, shouldn't there have been a group of people that are putting together a plan so that once this vaccination is distributed, we have our you know supply chain and we have our operational chain to get this to the people in the fastest, most productive way instead of, I don't know, writing a book. Maybe we should have focused on that. Don't you think that should have been something that all... States have done that, that once this vaccination comes, this is how you distribute it. And I, I think that's the, that's the most disappointing thing. This You're could be, I mean, nothing, nothing's worse than what Cuomo did in the spring in March when he put coronavirus patients into nursing homes and killed senior citizens. But this is just so maddening. They're in other States in Florida, they're vaccinating senior citizens. 75 year olds are getting the vaccine first as they should. Not only is he not giving it to the elderly first, but he's forbidding people who uh, give the vaccine out to give it to people who aren't eligible. So you can't give it to a 75 year old, even if you have it, you know, in the needle, in the ready to give, and there's no one there, you have to throw it away. If the person standing there is not eligible, that is sick. Cuomo is a, is a bastard. And someday maybe people will realize it and wake up and, and, and understand just how horrible this man is. But you know You'll what? There to drink his tears. You'll be there to drink his tears. I hope so. I hope so. And I'll tell you what, Florida looks better. DeSantis looks better every day. I'm ready to move on. Mute. The Trump era, the Trump age, it was wild. I enjoyed it. It's over. 
I'm ready. You're moving to Naples. Moving to Naples and DeSantis. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I'm gonna yeah. have a big DeSantis sign. DeSantis and Holly. Oh uh, God. DeSantis and Nome or DeSantis oh. and somebody uh, in 2024. I'm ready to start the 2024 campaign. First, we have to impeach Biden. That's oh yeah, because that's coming Wednesday. Might as yeah, well Wednesday. Right, and then after right. that, we, we start that's the 2024 campaign. I can't wait. It's it's wild, you know. It really is. But uh, it is good to see you, mute man. Um, you yourself out there. Don't be don't be driving around Charlestown and, and inciting riots there. All right? I, no, I don't drive anywhere. I walk. I run. I bike. I don't drive. I don't even use my car anymore. But I was going to say you look good. But we know. I uh, I don't know what you did. Your wife smacked you around. You got a few uh, battle scars. There's a lot of that. A lot. Of I that. love this Cullinane. He says he walked into a cabinet. That's what all. Yeah, oh, that's what everybody there. says. I, I did. I, but I did. I walked into a cabin. I sliced my. I'm just. I'm not having a good week. I'm scared to walk out of here today. I'm not going to yeah, lie either, to you. I'm either really you made worried. it up or you're just pathetic. I, mean, I am. That's what I other. said. I yeah. pathetic was what I was going with yesterday. I said pathetic was it. I'm pathetic is what I've become right now. Yeah, you look like uh, Nicole Brown Simpson after a bat. After OJ had a few too many. That right now your face is all bloody. Your lips. Uh, no. Uh, I, we I, will. We will let you go. Heal up, mute man. Thanks and thanks to. Thanks. Uh, Shake Concrete and DCU and Allied Paving. Thanks to our friends from GovX.com. Uh, anything else, Colin? What did I miss here? Oh, can I, just make, a, can I just make a statement and say I'm out on super teams? Is that fair? Like, is that can I just put that out there? Super teams suck. Oh, the, like the Nets aren't going to win anything. Oh, this yeah. is I mean, if, if you're, I, I don't really follow the NBA. If you're going to be a super team, like try to make sense with it. You got three guys who are just like need the ball to survive. Like they're they're they should just be each one of them should not they should not be playing together. It's just. It's I, a, yeah, I have a rule. I have a rule on trading half my team for a superstar. That superstar can't be 25 pounds overweight. You know, that's not a good sign. When the guy you just gave up half a franchise for. I was thinking you'd want to I mean, where is he? Where is the guy? That's true. Where is James Harden? I would, I would actually want to trade for a guy that I could actually find. I mean, uh, you need some I an idea where he could be. There's, there's an idea where he could be. I've heard some stories. Check the uh, strip joints in Newark. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if Newark. I think he's probably... You know, I, I think there's they're probably a little more open wear down in the uh, Texas area than he's going to get in New York. Oh. So I think he's probably trying to uh, have a nice. I mean, he went to some bizarre uh, event with the uh, political candidate, an attorney general candidate or something in New York. He's we're talking about Kyrie. He's a bizarre guy. Oof. He went there to be the man. Now he's the third best player on the team and he's not going to be happy and they don't know where he is. So. Never a dull moment if you're a, a New York uh, Brooklyn, a Brooklyn Nets fan. But uh, good luck with that. That, that has, you know what that's going to be back page fodder for the New York Post for the next I don't know year until it all totally implodes. But there's going to be so much drama. I I envy the guys in New York who are covering the Nets because they'll never be bored. But we will we will uh, keep track of the situation anyway. All right. That's it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done. 
all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.